Hey, this is Dr. Jenna Bice with Heal at Home Moms. This is the podcast where we discuss all things motherhood and postpartum issues, but also just all things pelvic floor, basically the things that I tackle in my job that I think that all moms around the world should get to know. Um, And that's what we talk about here. So let's take a listen. So we are back with Serena, mm-hmm. and last time we were able to hear a little bit about what she does with behavioral therapy mm-hmm. and um, the company that you've made and built, which is so amazing. Um, but this week, we really wanted to talk a little bit more about um, you know, application and maybe some questions we have about behavior with kids who maybe don't have a specific diagnosis. Mm-hmm. They're just struggling in their own way and their own development. Yep. Right? Um, so one of the topics at hand that I kind of want to start with is the topic of COVID, Yeah, where we've all struggled this past year, and I think our children have also very much in mm-hmm. different ways struggled this year. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to kind of ask you about, you know, why you think that might be as far as how it affects children, or I know my daughter had anxiety kind of mm-hmm. spike this past year. Yep. Um, so yeah, behavior and, you know... Just our kiddos. Yeah. So um, behavior has functions. Uh, like we do things for a reason, right? Yeah. Every behavior has a reason. So they are, there's four functions. There's attention. There's escape. There's um, access to tangibles. And there's also mm-hmm. automatic. So when we think about behavior, why are we going to do what we're going to do? Are we trying to access something? Are we trying to escape from something? Mm-hmm. Um, are we trying to get attention? from something. What are we, what are we trying to accomplish? So when a kid has a behavior, try to think about like, what is it that they're needing? Are they needing Mm -hmm. to escape from something? Um, a lot of the kids all of a sudden lost a lot of their structure. Yeah. So are they trying to access structure again? Um, are they trying to escape from demands of everything that's happening, right? So yeah. like what's you said, maybe with the attention stuff. Attention seeking. If I yes. was stressed and not paying and attention. And not as present. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So you really have to look at and see, because it's different for everybody. So what is it that they're trying to access? Yeah. Um, and then address it in that way. So if they want your attention or if they want access to peers or a schedule again, or uh, if they're trying to escape the stress of a situation, what is it that they're trying to communicate? Right. Feeling safe. But then also, um, I know one thing we found, and it's interesting to hear you say these things because we kind of searched um, and tried some stuff until we Mm -hmm. found a thing that worked. Right. Yeah. But for us, we found that with virtual school, we ended up needing to hire someone to come help guide them through virtual school. Right. Because every day being different where I help here and my husband helps there. and It just wasn't working Oh, right. my gosh. Yep. My oldest in particular really needed mm-hmm. the structure of school. Right. Then we needed to find a way to provide that in our home. Mm-hmm. Right? Structure for kids is a lot. It, yeah. it means those little things. Uh-huh. It means so much. Because if you think about it, time is so arbitrary and we 
understand time, but kids don't understand time. How many times have your kids come up to you and said, you said one minute, it's been one second. I know. <laughs> they just don't Or you get take it. a car ride and they're like, how much longer? Right. Like that idea and they don't understand when you say two hours because they ask you again in five minutes. Exactly. Um, yeah. So having that structure and having clear boundaries for them of when things are occurring is huge. Yes, my daughter even like wrote up a schedule. And I know not yes. every kid's the same, right? right. Like no, different not kids, kids need same. different yep. things. Well, and depending on what they're trying to communicate, depends on how you deal with it, right? So if you want attention, you're going to be dealing with that with a different way than if you wanted to escape because escape is very different than attention. So if a kid is wanting to escape from that yeah, situation. What would that look, what would that look like? Um, so if a parent... If their kid is wanting, how would it look differently if their kid's seeking attention versus seeking an escape? So if they're seeking attention, then you would provide more meaningful interactions with them where you can be with them. And if they're looking for escape, then you would provide a space for them to be in alone. alone. Well, I I guess I see that and that's wonderful. Uh, What are some of the signs for you to know which to provide to them? Like their behavior, what behavior, what does their behavior look like? So usually that's when we break down behavior and we kind of see like what's happening before, um, during and after. So if every time they are having some sort of, um, of of whatever it's, yeah, whatever their behavior is presenting itself in, um, and you're providing attention and it's not getting any better. Okay. But then it's probably something else. And if you're, if they're, every time they're having an episode and you end up letting them have that break time or you end up letting them have their alone time, then it's Mm -hmm. probably escape. Yeah. So it's whatever changes. The consequence is what changes their behavior in the future. So what's working? How did you know when it was working if you brought in someone else? Yeah. The days went beautifully. Yeah. Right. And when I tried to have the day where I did it, it went horribly. Yes. (laughs) And it was like... Oh, she doesn't need that. And it's not that she didn't need me. She just needed a consistent routine. Right. Um, exactly. But yes, my middle child, when she gets really upset, she normally does, she doesn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. But when we have her have some alone time, that's when she calms down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So whenever you find something that works, yeah, we like to take data a lot. We take data on behavior all the time. And so we usually reference the data, like is the data trending downward, upwards, like what is it doing? Uh Um, If we have this intervention in place, what's happening? That's great. Um, Okay, so we were talking about a little bit about COVID and just how it's a year of stress. And basically Mm -hmm. what I'm getting is every kid was probably stressed, but in all very different ways. Oh, absolutely. And we just have to look at a case-by-case basis of like, what does my child need? Right. Um, and what do I need? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And what are they motivated for? I mean, there's so many individual factors in dealing with behavior that mm-hmm. um, you really have to look at what's happening with your kid. But I think the biggest thing to step back and look at what what they're trying to communicate to you. Okay. And like the patterns. Right. And even like you said, your daughter doesn't want to be alone, but if you make her be alone, it fixes it. Right. So yes. she's going to, she might say like, no, I don't want to be alone. Yeah. But that's not actually what she wants. So if you take a step back and you really look at the whole picture of what she's trying to get across, even besides what they say, it comes, what yeah, comes yeah. out of their mouth. What is what calms her, yep. right? Um, okay, so, and then as far as, let's talk maybe less about, you know, this past year. 
but um, what are some tips for parents? I think all of us feel a little bit lost as to how to do a great job by our children with their behavior, mm-hmm. especially because <laughs> kids keep changing. <laughs> and everyone is different. And I have three, you have three, yes. and they're all very Every different. Every kid's needs and responses are different. Yep. Um, and then even seasons are different. So yep. I feel like I get control of something and then we're in a new season. Right. Right. Um, but are there some practical, helpful tips that you find yourself telling parents over and over again? Yes. So um, the biggest thing is to prep kids to tell them what's going to happen. Uh-huh. So prepping kids and giving them structure is probably the best thing that you can do. And I know that is so hard. I am one of those, that is not me. I do not have my days set out in advance. And yeah. we just kind of like to live by the whim, but that's that doesn't always make for a good day. Yeah. So, um, and then we get upset when they can't go with the whim. Right. Right. Like as a parent, I know sometimes I'm like, now we're going to do this. You don't want to do that. Right. Can't you be a good sport? <laughs> yep. Prepping them. Um, and always think that, um, Kids need smaller increments of time. So where we might be able to do something for an hour or two, that's just too long for kids. So Hmm. little smaller segments of the day for kids is usually easier. So instead of playtime for an hour, it might be playtime for 15, 20 minutes. Right. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, because usually after an hour, they're just, their structure is gone. So, and then even... I tell this with parents all the time, even if you're moving just from one room to the next. So, okay, we're going to play in here for 15 minutes. Now we're going to go over here for 15 minutes. Now we're going to go over here. Just change of scenery. Just changing scenery. You're not for 15 minutes. Right. You're not changing much. Just changing where you're at is helpful. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It's the little things. Absolutely. Um, that's so, so good. And I need to remember that for myself with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see... Looking back right now, I'm thinking about like how they'll really get into a thing and then they want to switch it up. Yep. Right? Right. Um, okay. Again, it goes back to just time's just arbitrary for them. They don't yeah. really understand how time works. So setting the visual timer, having smaller increments of time for them. And do you do it as much as well where it's like letting them know what the next day expects, like what the next day is going to be? We try to. Okay. <laughs> Not always the best yeah. at it, but we do try to. Okay. And we um, visual calendars are really, really helpful, extremely helpful for just like, this is a school day. Yes. This is not a school day. Um, this is kind of who's picking you up, who's dropping you off. Um, and sometimes those things change, but at least if you can have just somewhat of a general idea. And would you say that's pretty true? For, I'm just thinking about with my own children that there's one that's obsessed with calendars and structure and yes. one that's not. Yes. So like you said, of course, every kid's different, mm-hmm. but would you say that that's, that's still pretty much true for most children? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Most children, most children really thrive on structure. I mean, I just think about how much better my middle one is my wild, wild, wild one. And she does the best in school, but in school she has a structure and she does really well when she has that. And when she's at home and she doesn't have a structure, that's when she starts to get into a little bit more trouble. Yeah. Because she's just left to her own, like, creativity. And, and you think part of that, too, is she might feel a little bit lost with what to do with her right. time and her body. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Um, awesome. Now, when it comes to behavior, I guess one, I want to kind of maybe bring up one more idea for parents. But um, maybe doing less with, prepping and more in the moment response. Mm -hmm. So like 
Um, the, probably one of those classic things is if, say, you have two children and they're fighting with each other mm -hmm. and neither one is being kind, right? right. Um, or what can I do as a parent to help aid them in, like, working through that? That's, oh, a, that's so tough. That's a hard question. Um, usually, we kind of see, I mean, what's happening? What's, yeah. There's so many things that can happen in that moment. So there's so many different ways that you can respond. The best thing that you can do to respond is stay calm. Obviously, I know that that's not always the easiest. Well, hopefully. Like you said, like don't escalate the situation. Right. But a break and then coming back to it mm -hmm. is appropriate too. So I don't always, you know respond appropriately right then and they might not as well so sometimes we take a couple minutes apart but then we always make sure to come back and address it then yeah so um, making sure to take your time out but then come back in so okay. and then respond appropriately to each other so everyone's so okay it's like if there's the two of them and then i'm there trying to facilitate mm -hmm. it's we're all going to be in a separate room for the next five minutes and then we're going to come back and we're going to address it. Okay. That is um, actually something that we talk about with parents is timeout is a procedure that's used, but timeout is not a procedure that we use the same way that we grew up learning. So um, timeout is not just like go to your room until it's like it's arbitrary not like a, amount of time. Yeah, it's not necessarily even a punishment, right? Mm -mm. It's more about having time to unwind and process maybe. Exactly. Okay. So the important second part of timeout that a lot of people don't know about is the time in. So you need to remove yourself from what's happening and then you need to have time back in to process it. But you come back in when you're in a better space to come back in and, and to express learn. your feelings yes. and actually hear the other person as well. Right. Yeah. You can't really learn from an escalated place. So you got to de-escalate first and then learn. So that's where the time in comes yeah. from. I love that because that's really good wisdom for like adults as well right like, yeah. yeah there's no problem with taking that time out and then to come back into it in a better space yeah and this is something I've heard before in different contexts but it's, it's also like you can't give your children what you don't yourself have mm -hmm. so right. so if if you can't control your emotions it's mm -hmm. like how do we expect our children to process these things right, right? or yep. if we're upset in a moment we got to show them how to de-escalate and come back right right kind of that. and it's okay to have those emotions like emotions are natural things yeah but we just need to know how to yeah use them properly control might have been the wrong word for like control your emotions but to be able to process process and communicate it, yep. them well yeah in a way that's healthy mm -hmm. right right um there's um an instagram account that i like to send people yeah. to and it's called big little feelings and they're them. so great they um talk about how you can have your emotions and you can process them and you can talk about it with them and not necessarily in that moment because we all kind of lose our cool um but how we come back to it and how do we address those things I love that account too. I saw, I think today even they had something about like how to approach discussing meals with yes. your kids yep. and toddlers mm -hmm. um, in a way that is encouraging and healthy. Mm -hmm. So, well, thank you Thanks. so much. Um, that give me lots of good things to think about both, you know, and how I approach behavior with my children, but then also looking back kind of learning, oh, that worked because it was that. Right. Right? Yep. Um, so wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'll link um, Serena's information for any of you guys who have questions. So we'll link that on the podcast episode. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Heal at Home Moms. I'm Dr. Jenna Bice. If you need any further help, you are welcome to find us on healathomemoms.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and I also offer telehealth for those of you far away who need some one-on-one consultation and in-person concierge mobile physical therapy. So if you are in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area and you are looking to heal, I am here for you. 